You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good episode for you. Exciting week coming up in my life. We're going to talk about Bachelor in Paradise, talk about something that happened on the Chicks in the Office. We're also going to talk about Jeopardy Masters and Temptation Island, Coming Out for Love. Got a lot of stuff to cover today, and we will get to that momentarily. As you know, this podcast brought to you by Coming Out for Love, the first U.S. lesbian dating competition show. New episodes are released every Friday. They've had four episodes. There's going to be 16 total. So this thing is going to release a new episode every Friday, basically through mid-August. So get on board. Go to comingoutforlove.com. Just click on which bundle you want to purchase, and you type in your promo code, which is realitysteve at checkout, and that'll get you 15% off your order. All right, I want to start this Monday by saying happy Memorial Day to everybody. And for anybody who served our country, thank you for your service. And um, I don't know if because it's a holiday, less people are going to listen to the podcast, but whatever. It's okay. I don't hate you. Um, Bachelor in Paradise. We're getting closer. Contestants will start leaving for filming this weekend. It starts filming Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. So keep an eye out. As I said last week, um, just like it is every season, a majority of Zach's women are going, you know, the women on Zach's season are going to make up a majority of the women that are going to be on this season. And in terms of Charity's men, they will make up quite a few of them as well. Usually eight to ten of that Bachelorette's men end up on the season. But last season we had 44 people show up. We have no idea if they're doing the Casa Amor twist again this season. We have no idea. I mean, we won't know stuff until things start filming. Bachelor in Paradise is usually a little more looser, so we're going to probably hear more things as filming is going on. It's happened every season. I don't see why this season would uh, would be much different. A lot of talk about what former leads are going to go on this season. Um, you can pretty much guarantee that Rachel is going to be on the show. She will be part of the original cast because they would never bring in her later. They're not putting Rachel on in episode three. You know, Rachel will be there. Um, from everything that I've heard, I don't believe Gabby is doing it. I also don't believe Michelle Young is doing it. So in terms of former leads, Clayton literally came out on Instagram stories last week and said he's not doing it. So you can take Gabby out. You can tell Clay, take Clayton out. You can take Michelle Young out. Obviously, Claire's out. Tasha's out. <laughs> um, so I, I don't think you're going to have many former leads on there. I don't. I, Katie's not doing it. I'd be shocked if she showed up. I... It's more or less, I don't think the show is a fan of Katie. As you know, she's very outspoken. She's not their cup of tea. I love the fact that she's outspoken, but the show doesn't. So I don't even see why they would invite her. And she has said she would only do it for X amount of money, and I don't I don't think they would give that to her. So I don't expect to see her there. That's the last, what, five bachelorettes? I mean, who else is there? I mean, it's not going to be Charity. I told you Rachel's going to be there. Gabby's not doing it. Claire's not doing it. Hannah's not doing it. Becca's not doing it. 
Rachel Lindsay's not doing it. JoJo's not doing it. Caitlin's not doing it. Andy's not doing it. Andy's getting married. She ain't doing it. So Desiree's not doing it. Emily Maynard's not doing it. Ashley Rosenbaum's not doing it. Ali Fedotowski Mano's not doing it. So this talk about former leads doing it, I Rachel's the only one. At least women. Men? Well, Zach's not doing it. Clayton said he's not doing it. Matt isn't doing it. Now Peter's interesting because I don't I haven't heard either way if Peter's doing it or not, but I gave you the information last week that she he was on a date with Davia Esther from Zach's season. So I don't know if that's turning into something. I don't know if they're both going to go on Paradise and explore it there. I don't know if one of them's going to go on Paradise. So Peter, at least, I guess, is a possibility because we know he's single. Colton, no, he's not doing it. Ari's not doing it. Nick isn't doing it. Ben isn't doing it. Chris Souls isn't doing it. I'm just reading off names that I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I haven't heard either way if Chris Souls is doing it. I, I can't imagine he would. Juan Pablo, yeah, probably not. Sean, no. Ben Flanick, no. Brad Womack, no. Jake Pavelka, no. Jason Mesnick, no. So all this talk about former leads doing it, outside of Rachel, the only other person that I could possibly see doing it this season is Peter. And I haven't heard either way if Peter's doing it. So someone sent me a video from, I believe, Friday. And... From Barstool Sports, the chicks in the office had, I guess, a they recorded their podcast live, or maybe they just had a meet and greet, and they had a bunch of fans in the audience, and they were cheering them on. Well, one of the videos that circulated, and had about four people send it to me, was one of the signs in the audience <laughs> from one of the fans said, Rhea over Reality Steve, like the greater than sign. Rhea over Reality Steve. My reaction is, number one, I'm, I'm glad you're thinking of me. And number two, I think somebody's misinformed yet again because what Rhea did when she came out and said that she had a source that told her that Zach had dumped Katie and he was with Jess. I mean, I don't know how many times I have to repeat this. All I said was, it's not true, and probably shouldn't say that without going into further detail about how you got your information. I said, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't um, mad at Rhea. I wasn't clowning her. I wasn't saying anything other than this is what you, this is how you handle it. And it's somebody that clearly had never been given a spoiler before and didn't really know what to do. And all I was doing was giving advice and telling them, you know, look, it's, <laughs> I've been through this before. You just run with something you hear and then you say, I have no idea if it's true or not. And then that's just a very weak thing to do because if you say like, hey, look, here's something that I heard. I have no idea if it's true or not because we all know if it ends up being true, you're going to jump up and down saying, I told you so. But then when it doesn't, you have egg on your face and then you just look not very credible. And so that's all I was saying was just like, I, I can't believe that she ran with something like that where... They didn't explain anything, and they didn't ask for any proof. They just took somebody's word for it. So there was never any beef between me and Rhea. I don't know why people thought that. Um, but, hey, I'm glad I'm glad her fans have me on their brain. Thank you. So I don't know if anybody knows this, but I'm a big fan of Jeopardy. 
but I only really watch the specials. I like when they have Champions Week or College Week or Kids Week or, as we had the last few weeks, Jeopardy Masters, where they brought back some of the best players ever, and they did a whole tournament. And it ended up being really exciting because James Holzhauer, the quote-unquote villain of the game show world, pretty much dominated all the preliminary rounds. He won, I think, four of his five contests and won them fairly handily. However, when he got to the final three and it was over two games, he was losing going into the final Jeopardy question at the end of the second game. And he was losing by about 3,000 points. And he actually got it wrong, but only had risked like less than 1,000 points And the person who was in first place, if they get it right, they win. They win the whole thing. It would have been one of these things where, almost like the Dodgers, you dominate the regular season, but you can't put it away in the championship, in the playoffs. And that's exactly what would have happened to James Holzhauer, except the person who was in first place, they got it wrong as well, and they risked more than he did. So he outsmarted them. I don't know what made him risk less than 1,000 points. I want to say he had like 22,000 going into the final Jeopardy question and the the leader had 25,000 and he only and he he risked like I don't know 3 or 400 and the leader risked like 5,000, 6,000 something like that. So uh, he's kind of a genius. He's also very cocky, but here's my question about Jeopardy. You know, this show's been on since what? The 70s, early 80s. And I find, you know, you figure gosh, there's there's six categories. There's five categories in, in every in every. There's five category, five questions in every category, six categories, two rounds per show. So that's and then a final Jeopardy question. So sixty-one questions per episode. God knows how many episodes of this show there have been. Has any question ever been repeated, or the answer technically? Has it ever been repeated? I know they repeat categories all the time. But I got to believe in the 40-year history of this show, are there any Jeopardy just diehards out there that know the answer to this? I got to believe in the history of this show, they've asked a question more than once. I keep saying question, but you know what I mean. The answer that the contestants have to put in the form of a question. The answer that they give. I got to believe they've given that answer more than once or are you telling me in every every single answer that has been ever revealed on that show has been different i I don't know you'd think you'd have some repeats in 40 years on television probably more than that it's probably been on 50 years because 23 so 17 if it started in 83 that's 40 years i i believe it's i believe it was on before that but i i could be wrong whatever the case may be I just I'm watching and I'm like, there's got to be repeat answers, right? But I don't know. I honestly don't know the answer. Categories, 100%. They'll repeat categories all the time. I'm just wondering if they repeat the answers. I was following along on a story on People.com last week where it was talking about Ariana Grande and her husband, Dalton Gomez, coming up on their two-year anniversary. I feel like I follow pop culture pretty well especially teeny bop singers, as you know. I mean, Taylor Swift's not a teeny bopper anymore. She's 33, but, you know, that type of music. And I've watched Ariana Grande grow up since my 
niece and nephew used to watch her on what's it, Disney Channel or Nick, one of the shows that she was on when she was younger, growing up, all this stuff, or relationship with Pete Davidson that became public. When I saw a story that Ariana Grande was celebrating a two-year wedding anniversary to Dalton Gomez, I'm like, one, when did Ariana Grande get married? And two, who the hell is Dalton Gomez? Like, man, I, I completely missed the boat on that one. No idea. So that caught me off guard. I was struggling all weekend to the fact that Ariana Grande has been married for two years. Had no idea. All right. Um, moving on to reality TV. There is, I, you know, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. The announcement came out that season five of Temptation Island coming back to USA Network, and it's going to start on June 14th. And then right after that is going to be the reality show hosted by JoJo and Jordan called The Big D. Well, I can tell you, I saw the first episode of Temptation Island. And again, just looking at the previews for the season, the amount of hookups that seemingly happen, listening and hearing these couples for the first time. I'm sure we're going to have Mark Wahlberg on in the next couple weeks to, to give us a little preview of the season. But holy crap, watching the first episode... Again, I'm sitting here going, I can't see any of these four couples making it. They all have some issues, some of them a little bit more than others, but you almost see like, yeah, I can't see them making it. But look, I've said that in the past about others that didn't make it. Now, I'm not even talking long term. I'm just talking in the month that they got to filming and at the final bonfire, do they break up? After watching the first episode, I'm telling you now, I'd be shocked if any of these four couples stay together. There's one that I think has a chance, only because they're already engaged. And that's been in the, if you read the cast bios, you already know that. That's not giving away anything. They've been engaged for a year. So I'd say that they would have to have really a lot, a lot would have to happen for them to, I guess, end the engagement, but certainly possible. But I also think they're further along where it's like, OK, we're already engaged. You know, are we going to are we going to continue or not? Uh, I will tell you that one of the people on this show involved in the couples calls themselves a respectable whore. <laughs> and it's not one of the women. <laughs> so, yes, one of the four men in the couples who goes on to Temptation Island because his relationship is in a crossroads says, I consider myself a respectable whore. Gotta say, I, I can't say I've ever heard that one before. <laughs> but he also has, and well, you've got that. You've got him having that opinion of himself and him saying, I'm a respectable whore. And then you have something involved with his girlfriend that comes out in the first episode that you'll see that I'm not going to give away, but just know first episode is really good. And the good thing about this episode is it's different. We all know how the first episode has gone in past seasons of Temptation Island. We see them arriving on the boat. They get off the boat. Mark brings them. They talks to them. They meet the singles. And then they get one final 
dinner with Mark, a 10-minute conversation alone with their significant other, and then they split them up. That's not how the first episode goes this year. I like the changes. We already know from the previews they have a red light that goes off in each of the people's villas. That means that somebody on the other side is currently being tempted. So we've got that. That doesn't take place in the first episode at all, but we see that in the previews, so we know that happens this season. But very, very interesting. Uh, I like the way they kind of changed it up in the first episode for, for season five. So look forward to that. Another season that – I and the thing with me, in those previews for the full season, they clearly show a lot of hooking up happen, a lot of black light hooking up in bed. And I'm not one. I'm sure if I went back and watched the first episode and paused it, I could figure out which guy and which girl were hooking up. And I just don't even want to. I don't want to know. I'd rather watch it play out. I don't want to know beforehand. All I know is clearly there's going to be a lot of cheating going on, if that's what you want to call it, on this show. But I I really I, – I don't want to go back and look. I could easily just hit pause on the – and freeze the picture to see who it is in bed with who, or at least have an idea. Sometimes it's from the back and stuff like that, but you, you could probably figure it out. And I just don't want to, I don't want to know. I'll watch it play out as it goes along. And hopefully at the end of the season, we'll get to talk to a few of these couples or singles, whatever happens to them. But boy, after one episode does not look good. And finally, I want to end with this. For the last few weeks, you know I've been promoting Coming Out for Love, the first U.S. lesbian dating competition show that's on comingoutforlove.com. You have to pay for it, 16 episodes. Purchase a bundle. Any bundle you purchase, you're going to get access to all 16 episodes. And I told you before this past Friday's episode, when I had host Jessica Clark on, when I had the creator, Nicole, the producer, director, creator of the show, Nicole Kahn on back in uh, February, she had hinted towards episode four as a really impactful and powerful episode. And boy, there's a lot of hyperbole thrown around when it comes to these shows. And, you, you know, she's the creator of the show, so clearly she's going to you know promote it and kind of hype it up. But I tell you, it delivered. If you have not watched Coming Out for Love, I really think you should. No, it doesn't have the glitz and glam of a bachelor or a bachelorette or a love is blind. There's no traveling involved. It's just... 16 LGBTQ contestants looking for love, but it actually seems to go a lot deeper than that. And this past Friday's episode did something that I've never seen on reality TV before. If you don't want to know, I guess mute the next couple minutes. But my point being is you just don't see that in reality TV. If you've watched it, you're very well aware. You just don't see what they did. It was a great hour of television. I can't think of any other show, honestly, that would dedicate the full episode to one storyline and do a follow-up on her later. And you know I'm talking about Lundy. And and if they if they did not do a follow-up on Lundy, I think the Lundy that we saw in the four episodes um, would be hated ridiculed, probably got a lot of online just bashing and considering her state, even though it just came out on Friday, thank God she's in a better place now. She she really came across, across very unlikable on the show. But then you get the update from Jessica and Nicole 
on the Zoom call. And seeing her now and what the show needed to do for her, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was so cool to get an update on her and her life because this happened over a year ago. Her admitting that she was an alcoholic on the show and her behavior was basically led her down a dark path. When she got home from filming, she drank more. She almost tried to take her life. Someone had to rush her to the hospital. And now she's completely done a 180. Um, she's gone into AA. She's doing better. She's going to. She said she's going to become a monk for a year at some point. Like, totally changed her life because of her going on the show. But I still also think, not just because she went on the show, but she had people post show that seemed to care about her well being. And I think the fact that the show followed up with her, we got to see a full, not just, hey, give us a two-minute update on what you've been doing, like kind of like the men tell all or the women tell all. It was a 20-minute conversation with Jessica and Nicole and Lundy just going over everything that happened with her on the show and everything that she's done to help herself post-show. I thought it was awesome. Just an awesome hour of television. I, I can't promote this show enough. Really, go check it out. Comingoutforlove.com. Click on what bundle you want, and when you purchase it, uh, use the promo code REALITYSTEVE at, at, at checkout. But I don't even care if you use the promo code. It helps me a little bit, not a whole lot. It's not like I'm raking in millions of dollars because you use my promo code. Trust me. This is more about I want to promote a show that I think is actually um, a lot more real than what we see on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette because you can't watch these first four episodes and tell me this show isn't so much more real and so way less edited than Bachelor and Bachelorette. I mean, that that was a 40-minute conversation in that room with Amber and Lundy and then bringing in Madison. I mean, it was it's about as raw and real as you can get. Really, congratulations uh, to that show for putting out an episode like that. It was excellent. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Very much appreciated. Please subscribe. That's probably the most important thing you can do. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, big week. Birthday uh, is coming up on Wednesday, and then I leave Thursday morning for Vegas because the 7th annual Reality C Fan Appreciation Party is Friday night. Can't wait. It's going to be the biggest crowd, assuming people don't cancel, biggest crowd I've ever had for this. Courtney Robertson and her husband are going to be there. Dave Neal and his wife are going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait for it. Can't wait to just be in Vegas. Haven't been out there in, what, three months? <laughs> it's long enough for me. Anyway, um, so, sorry, it, I mean, uh, it, it is sold out, so there's no way you can get in uh, at this point. But there will be another party next year, so keep your ears open for that. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. And I will be back tomorrow with yet another Daily Roundup. So I will talk to you then. See you!